0: It's the most all star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All Stars. New season now
1: streaming on Paramount Plus. Go to paramountplus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast. On the 24-7 Sports Network, my name is Nathan King. Welcome back in to the pregame pod as Auburn heads back on the road after picking up its first SEC victory of the season. They head to Vanderbilt, which is surprisingly, it's a place Auburn actually hasn't even won since 2003. Um, These teams don't meet very much, and uh, the SEC is about to go divisionless, so we'll see how much they meet after that. And to talk about the Commodores, what they've got going on this season, and to preview that aspect, of the matchup we bring in robbie weinstein who covers vandy for vandy 24 7 on the uh, on the 24 7 sports network robbie thank you so much for hopping on here today our uh, our subscribers can go to auburnundercover.com if you guys want to read the written q a with robbie but we'll go over a lot of that stuff here on the pregame pod and um i asked you the same thing in the in the q a i'll kind of just open up by asking what the what the general overall feeling is around vanderbilt look i know it's not a program that um, you know, annually has very high expectations, but it felt like they did a lot of good things last year. I mean, there was the wins over Florida. There was the win over Kentucky. Felt like things were maybe trending in the right right direction. What's the vibe overall in that program? And, and what's kind of gone wrong this season? Sure. I think it's, I think
0: it's pretty comparable if you're, you know, looking both perhaps internally, but especially with the fans to, you know, like Brian Harson's last year, the difference just is that the fan base is smaller and you know, no offense to listeners, like kind of less crazy. Um, and so the, you know, it, there's no, you know, there, it's not possible to have a fan revolt at Vanderbilt, like at, you know, somewhere like Tennessee, where the coach gets fired because the fans just can't take it anymore. For the most part, it would have to be really bad. Um, but you know, they, um, their roster is not bad, honestly, like the, the roster two years ago, as well as in 2019 and, and certainly 2021. Um, and honestly, even last year, like the roster was pretty bad. And they have taken a lot of steps in the right direction. They've got the tallest and longest roster in the entire SEC. They've got the most, you know, six five, six six, six seven guys. I know that this isn't basketball, and so that's not all that matters. But point being, they're a lot more talented, especially at the point of attack. On defense, they've got a lot more speed all over the field, uh, particularly at wide receiver and in the secondary. And yet, they're they're potentially going to go two and ten. Uh, it's it's pretty crazy and certainly you know i think the fans rightfully so i would say point toward the coaching staff um i there's rumblings about issues uh in the locker room and you know they're gonna of course vandy's not an nil power and so how are they going to be able to retain their best players is there going to be more nil um money coming down the pike that's possible but there's a lot of questions up in there and you know clark lee is totally safe vandy wants to um Vandy you know, knows that they have to be a little bit different from the rest of the SEC, and so they're never going to have a quick trigger on the head coach. But um, it seems really obvious that there's going to be a major overhaul of, of the coaching staff in general, probably two new coordinators and that sort of stuff. And, and so I think a lot of everybody, probably I'm sure people in the program as well, are very frustrated that a substantially improved talent level has um, not led to not only no improvement, but I mean, they've, they've really taken multiple steps back.
1: We'll start on the offensive side of the ball I know they've got some issues on on both sides but the quarterback situation is really interesting um I saw some Auburn fans I posted about it after after talking to Clarkley on the teleconference on Wednesday and they were like oh man Auburn Auburn players will be used to this on defense because <laughs> it was funny a lot of what Clark Lee said is kind of what Auburn has been looking to avoid he said look you're rotating these two guys. We don't want to get them out of a rhythm. We don't want to hurt the offense and get in there and mess up a certain kind of flow we have. And that's what Auburn fans, when Auburn has rotated its quarterbacks, that's kind of been their frustrations this season. It's not going to happen for Auburn that much moving forward because Peyton Thorne has kind of solidified himself. Mm-hmm. But talk to me about these two quarterbacks that they're playing right now. Seemed like it was a little bit of a, a you know, Ken Seals maybe is a little bit more of the starter where it was a, it was a package deal otherwise and and could aj swan possibly return for them on saturday yeah
0: i I don't think swan is gonna play i would be surprised by that but yeah there's been a lot of criticism from from fans about how vanderbilt has handled the quarterback situation this season like kind of a quick trigger in various uh instances including against Ole Miss Ken Seals came out of the game after like three drives and it didn't seem you know he wasn't playing great but i don't think he didn't have any time to throw like it wasn't it wasn't his fault that the game went sideways so I, I'm not sure who's going to start, to be completely honest. It's either – so Ken Seals, who's a, a senior, and Walter Taylor, a redshirt freshman who's played in like two games or three games. Those are the two guys who you're going to see. I think probably you'll see both of them. Seals is uh, – so he was actually Vanderbilt's starting quarterback back in 2020, um, and then for the beginning of the 2021 season, and then he didn't play last year. He had slipped all the way down the depth chart to third. He stuck around kind of to get the, the degree and he still has two years of eligibility after this season. So he can just grad transfer to like a group of five team. Uh, but he's still around. He doesn't have a lot of arm talent, but he's very smart. He's able to, you know, he knows how to set up the protections and all that sort of stuff before the play begins. Uh, and then on the other hand, Walter Taylor, he's six, seven, 235 pounds can throw the ball a mile. Like he looks like Jamarcus Russell, honestly. Uh, but, he, you know, at one point against Ole Miss, like the running back, the freshman running back had to call out the protections, walk up to the line of scrimmage and all that is like, what's going on here? And it's because Taylor has barely played and, and I think has had trouble picking some stuff up, to be honest. So uh, he's also very mobile. They used a lot of zone read type of looks with him. And I think that's kind of the package that you alluded to, where when he comes in the game, they're going to be running the ball a lot more. Uh, so definitely two different looks. And I think ultimately Swan like kind of has this injury and and he, in my opinion, is their best option. I think they've moved the ball the best when he's been in the game. So I know it's difficult if you're Auburn to prepare for two very different types of quarterbacks, but um, at the same time, I'm not sure that either of them are really set up to be particularly successful right now in this game.
1: Yeah. And a big reason why Vanderbilt's passing game has been successful at any point over the past couple years has been, Will Shepard, obviously, he's one of the best receivers in the SEC. I believe he's third in the league in receiving touchdowns this season. He's got eight of them. Is he – what does his status look like? I know he left that old Miss game.
0: Yeah, I think he's probably going to play. Um, it doesn't sound like – it's definitely not a long-term injury. Like, I guess there's an outside chance that that he doesn't play. But I would also note the schedule for Vandy sets up really weird where this this is actually their last home game. It's senior day, and he's a senior, and he's going to go to the NFL draft almost certainly. Uh, so I would be a little surprised if he sits out his likely his last home game. Um, they do on top of him. So he's kind of, um, he's not slow, but he's a little bit, he's the kind of the body control high point, the football type of guy, make contested catches. They do have a lot of, like, they actually have a lot of good receivers. They have a lot of speed at, at receivers. So if he doesn't play, then Jaden McGowan is like a fast slot receiver who runs a four, three, five, but he's like five foot six. He's somebody to watch um, London Humphreys and junior Cheryl are a couple of uh, red shirt freshmen, or I'm sorry, true freshmen who both have been productive. Cheryl actually is uh, Hank Brown's former high school teammate uh, at Lipscomb Academy here in Nashville. So those guys know each other very well. Um, so I think regardless, like uh, whether Shepard plays or not, I think they have enough at wide receiver to make some plays down the field. But of course, I mean, he's really legitimately, really good and, and other teams are bracketing him. Uh, pretty much every play, and yet he's still able to do some stuff. So particularly uh, in the red zone, that's going to be somebody who Vandy needs to keep an eye on because he's really good at making tough catches in traffic. I should say Auburn needs to keep an eye on him. Sorry.
1: Yeah, I mean, they've they've had some games this season where they've played really well in coverage, and obviously they've got a bunch of interceptions. Them and Vandy both tied for the lead in the SEC in interceptions this season, and then there have been other moments against uh, against tough tough guards like Brock Powers and... Malik Neighbors, the people, you know, pretty much everybody has trouble guarding them. But obviously, Vandy would like to get something like that going with Will Shepard on the on the other side of the ball. Um, I think it's thirty one, or excuse me, thirty eight points a game Vandy's given up here during this seven game losing streak, and so you know the defense obviously is struggling. I know they have some good pieces. You mentioned that this is a talented roster. Um, I remember looking at them in the offseason, and, and C.J. Taylor is obviously a really um, intriguing player is it Jalen Mahoney yeah as well is also a it's also a talented player there um what is working well for them on defense what are the biggest struggles because this is an auburn offense that look they did good stuff but you can't ignore that they were pretty inconsistent before that and so if Andy plays well there's no reason to believe they can't kind of limit Auburn's offense it's not been the most consistent offense also
0: yeah yeah, I'd say. I mean, they're they're obviously at 38 points a game. Like there haven't been many strengths. I'd say they are. They're good in the red zone. They're pretty good in the red zone. That's a big part of what they want to do. And this goes back to Clark Lee's days at Notre Dame. They didn't give up a lot of big plays or long touchdowns when he was at Notre Dame. And it was more like, okay, like if you're gonna beat us, if you're gonna score on us, you gotta have a ten play drive and string multiple positive plays together in a row. Uh, and basically their goal is to force a field goal and hold up in the red zone. I think they've been reasonably good at that, but they still give up too many big plays through the air. This has been an issue for all three seasons, and it's one of the reasons why there's a really good chance that they're going to be getting a new defensive coordinator for next season. Um, I would note on Taylor, so he is um, he's coming back from an injury. They've been vague about what it is. It's a lower body sprain. I don't know if that's a knee, if it's an ankle, a high ankle, foot. Um, I tend to doubt so earlier in the week it sounded like maybe he would play but um I'm getting a little bit less I, I think I'm less confident in that now. And if that's the case, you know that's that's a huge loss for Vandy because he is um not only not only he fast but he's like instinctive and decisive. And so he's good at going sideline to sideline, chasing down ball carriers. He's also, you know, when they blitz him he's a really good pass rusher. So if he does not play, I mean Auburn is in a really good spot. I would say um, their safeties are pretty good. Mahoney will potentially come down and play some nickel corner uh, if, uh, if C.J. Taylor does not play. And then Jericky Wright, who's a former Alabama and Ole Miss commit, uh, he's a potential NFL draft pick this year, a big six-foot-four uh, uh, boundary safety, and, and he's a nice player. Uh, I, I think where Auburn can take advantage of, of Vandy's defense is the corners are banged up uh, and very young. Um, and so they, they don't have a lot of depth there. And I, I think Auburn can definitely find some opportunities.
1: Vandy's had some moments, particularly at home. Um, you know, they hung around with Georgia for a little bit there in the first half. They've had you know, a few other good quarters where they've been able to compete with some sec opponents on both sides of the ball. What have been kind of the factors that you've seen? Okay. When, when Vandy's within a touchdown of Georgia for a couple quarters, or they're hanging around, or they're able to, you know, be a little bit more explosive on offense. What are some of the factors that you've seen that make this team look a little better? What do they need to execute? I, on? I think you know, I think it's it's odd because last
0: year they had their success by not hurting themselves. They didn't turn the ball over a lot. They committed very few penalties, and especially very few like stupid um, personal fouls or unsportsmanlike conduct type of stuff. And this year has really been the opposite of that, and that's why Swan got benched initially. Like, yeah, he he was banged up. But also he threw two, two pick sixes against Kentucky and he was up to seven interceptions through, I think, five games and uh, or maybe even four games. I can't remember. But uh, so when they've done a little bit better, it's when they're not turning the ball over and when they're not committing penalties. Basically, um, they, it's a young roster and they've made a lot of unforced errors this season. Like I think they can generally move the ball. Uh, Maybe they didn't do that as well against Ole Miss, you know, due in part to the quarterback situation, The O line had its worst game of the season. But um, what they can't do is, I mean, even though their roster talent has definitely improved, it's still 14th in the sec. And and so if they're going to win games or be competitive um, you know, I know that Auburn's talent level isn't at, you know, like the Cam Newton days or anything, you know, the national championship contending team days, but still better than Vandy's. And so, Um, Vandy you know when they stay in these games a little bit or hang around it's because the opponent is making a lot more mistakes than them like Carson Beck threw a pretty bad interception in that game and Georgia hurt itself I thought on multiple occasions and uh, when Vandy when things go wrong it's because they uh, do a lot of stupid stuff
1: yeah and from the I mean look from the Vanderbilt perspective I would not be surprised if this game stays close at least for a little while because Auburn's yet to play well on the road this season I mean against Cal they needed a touchdown with like six minutes left to mm-hmm. win that game because their offense was dreadful and they get pounded at LSU they don't score an offensive touchdown at Texas A&M and so um, really it's been a struggle for them away from home and until last weekend it was a struggle for them on offense against pretty much anybody and they obviously got off the Schneid against a team that had one SEC win and so Auburn obviously is hoping to continue that momentum and, and do so against a Vandy team but you know like you mentioned, and there were a few people on our message board that weren't disagreeing with you in your in your Q and A that you wrote. Hey, that I don't think these teams' talent levels are necessarily too far off from each other right now. And a couple people were like, "Yep," and that's the problem with Auburn right it's, now. Yeah, that's, it's
0: a Brian Harson thing, right? It's not he Freeze's fault.
1: It yeah, and uh, yeah, they've done. I mean, shoot, they've done the best job they could have, pretty much. I think yeah. they've, I think they've missed. They didn't miss on their transfer evaluations, but I think some of their transfer guys maybe. Haven't been as good as they thought. Um, The Peyton Thorne experience has not been as smooth as they wanted, Um, but it's starting to come around a little bit. I think this line, as we sit here right now, Robbie, is 12 and a half. Um, I would not, you know, obviously I think most people are going to pick Auburn to win the game. Um, What do you think about that line though? And kind of how this one, this one might play out in terms of a score.
0: Uh, You know, Vandy's only covered once this season. So like, of course, Eileen Auburn, I think, um, I struggle, you know, I struggle to see how Vanderbilt is gonna score enough to like really stay in this game. I don't think I don't necessarily think that Auburn is gonna run away from them early, like what Ole Miss did. But I, I just am not seeing I mean the offensive line for Vandy would have to play a lot better, and maybe they will. They I mean they probably will, yeah, because like Elijah McAllister is playing on the other side and he was gonna be third string for Vandy if he had stayed. Um, but like I think I'm just not seeing – with the to the quarterback situation and, and pulling guys in and out, um, and then Vandy's defense has has struggled for most of the season. Like I think Auburn has a pretty good chance to get into the 30s, maybe the low 30s, or certainly approach 30 points. Uh, I'd be a little surprised if they're below 27, 28, and I'm just not sure that Vandy is going to be able to even get into the 20s because I, I think their offensive identity is starting to get kind of scattered. They don't have a quarterback – or at least not, you know, one quarterback who they've zeroed in on. And with Walter Taylor, they're basically, you know, it's basically like a test run in some ways, kind of like the Titans going to Will Levis, like to see what they have. And, um, you know, Will Levis throws four touchdowns against the Falcons, but Walter Taylor, um, you know, had not not played significant snaps in a college game before. And so it's going to be rough. And and he didn't, he, he struggled at least in the passing game. So I mean, my personal opinion, I like Auburn to cover because I think that just Fandy is is going to uh, struggle to consistently move the ball, and they're going to need to hit on a couple like big plays down the field probably if they're going to be able to string enough. You know, I, I don't think they're going to be able to string together like long, sustained drives probably on offense. And so I, I kind of like where Auburn's at defensively in this game how they match up.
1: Yeah, I think, Auburn, look, Auburn's defense has been – the numbers don't, I think, tell the entire story. Um, they've obviously been the better unit all season. Sure. They've pretty much only gotten handled in one game. And it was when they went to LSU and it was like, okay, like everybody, everybody is going to get that, uh, get that experience from Jane Daniels. But unless they have a, unless they have a strange performance relative to what they've done the rest of the season, they should be pretty good. Um, Cause they've been maybe a little bit better than we expected. Even I think this D lines been better. The front seven has been better than we thought with the players that you mentioned, you know, Elijah McAllister, the personnel in their front seven, didn't look very good preseason. It's still not excellent, um, but I do think it's It's a little better than we anticipated and capable of probably taking advantage of, of Vanderbilt in this game. You mentioned that they could have an opportunity to go 2-10. and 10. What does the rest of their schedule look like, Vandy, and, and is there an opportunity for them to get a couple wins here if they start playing better? Um. Well, I mean, they play South Carolina
0: on the road, uh, and I know South Carolina is really struggling. That would be probably the big one i believe so they played week 0 and had this weird schedule uh those are the only two games left uh, at south carolina at tennessee they have actually a bye between those games the bye the second to last week of the season which is unusual um yeah i mean i think tennessee i don't see them really competing probably in that game i mean i've definitely been wrong before south carolina is interesting cuz vandy hasn't beaten them in almost i mean maybe like 15 years it's been a really long time and for some reason, that's just a team that they can never get over the hump against. But, you know, I guess it's a road game, but obviously the Gamecocks are having some of the same issues, I think, as Vanderbilt.
1: Yeah, it is a weird schedule. I remember going all the way back to watching Vandy in weeks. It's like, not only you, you play two out-of-conference road games, but one of them you know, Wake Forest, I guess, isn't that strange. And the other one is all the way across the country at UNLV. Yeah. And that's after they went to Hawaii last year. So, yeah, not, I mean... Not a very, very strange schedule scheduling going
0: on, strange, strange decisions going on like 10 years ago. This isn't doesn't have anything to do with with the current staff or administration. But, yeah, there's some strange, strange choices in the past.
1: Yeah. Auburn can definitely relate because when Hugh Freeze got here and he was handed his schedule that says, hey, in week two, you're going twenty five hundred miles to Cal and you're playing in the middle of the night. He was like, what is this? Why did it ever...
0: recruiting ground out there in, in San Francisco or you know, the East Bay, right? For Auburn. Come on. Yes.
1: Right. Yeah. They've recruited. It's like, they've had four or five California guys on their roster over the past few years. Every single one of them has been a transfer. Like they haven't yeah. gone to California to recruit a kid and they shouldn't need to. It forever. No. And so I think Auburn fans, that game was a, Goodness, super, super late local kick, and so Auburn's yeah. like, let's let's make sure it's an 11 a.m. kick when Cal comes here next year. That way they're playing at, like, 9 o'clock body clock time. But, um, yeah, interesting interesting schedule for Vanderbilt, for sure. And, uh, you know, I, I like Clark Lee a lot. Um, you know, the past couple media days, at least, I've enjoyed, you know, sort of his perspective on the program. And uh, like you said, I don't – you know, it doesn't seem like they're going to – you know, it seems like they've got a long leash for him, defensive guy. And so, I don't know. I mean, is there – what is sort of the blueprint? Would you say for them to you know? I get they were close to it last year. So what is the blueprint for them to get you know closer to a bowl team?
0: Well, I I think they have a good blueprint to be honest with you. So they, I mean, I'm a little, I guess I'm biased. I try not to be, but you know, they hired our coworker Barton Simmons to be there yeah, yeah. effectively their director of player personnel, and I used to sit, you know, my the desk that I would usually sit at in uh, former 24 seven HQ was kind of diagonal from Barton's and um, you know, I think like, honestly, if you look through their last two uh, recruiting classes, or I guess their first two recruiting classes really um, with this coaching staff and you see what they've done as freshmen and sophomores, like it's pretty good. I mean, they've outperformed, they've got a lot of, you know, three-star guys who are playing well as freshmen and, and already appear to be, you know, outperforming their, their rating basically. So, I mean, I think it makes sense what they're doing. They really prioritize, um traits you know, athleticism speed measurables like you know height and length and as a result they've gotten some guys who were kind of undervalued but um you know look like guys who would play for other sec teams and look like physically guys who vandy doesn't usually get those guys are going to need some time i do think like they've kind of ignored the transfer portal or like they've also been a little hamstrung in terms of opening up spots because they don't run guys off uh due to the value of the degree and that to some extent, I'd say mostly is like a mandate that comes down from above. Uh, And so it's kind of tough, like they need to take more transfers, but they've been up against the 85. And so they weren't able to go get, you know, the extra corner or extra offensive lineman that they probably needed for this season. Um, But also, you know, I think Clark Lee really values the, you know, locker room culture stuff. And in in my opinion, probably overvalues it a little bit because um, the transfers who have come in you know, they've done a good job of identifying them and they fit in. And it's, you know, I think players want to win, right? Your culture is is at its best when people are happy because they're winning games. And so for the most part, I think they could be a little more aggressive on the transfer market. And and that would, you know, be a better blueprint, but they are going to need to be high school focused. And, and I think basically they just need to, um, I think their initial coaching staff was pretty good. Jesse Minter was on there. And, you know, of course, Vandy's never going to keep an assistant coach if Michigan comes calling. Uh, and so they basically need to get some hires, right? It's, it's really, it sounds like, you know, it's easy for me to say, but that, that I think is going to be a really big deal for them this off season.
1: Yeah. And we'll see how that plays. out. I mean, Auburn gets them next year. They get them two years in a row. Yeah. The, which uh, is
0: fun. I'm glad that the, yeah. I, I'm, I hope that they go to nine games because it doesn't feel like a conference to me in some ways. Cause yeah. I was at the last game that Vandy and Auburn played together in 2016 at Auburn uh, like that feels like forever ago.
1: Yeah, it's my freshman year of college. That was my freshman <laughs> season at uh, at Auburn, and so yeah, this, that that was a Zach Cunningham. Oh yeah, game. and uh, yeah. Auburn had John Franklin the third at quarterback, and I think he completed like two passes. Yeah, that was when <laughs> Sean White got suspended for spending too much time at Skybar, right? That was actually the next. That was the next okay. season. This was a Sean White injury. I yeah, got you. that that came later in the year when he was Jarrett. Stid- or that came next year. He was Jarrett Stid- <laughs> back backup and then he actually got dismissed from the team. I, lo- I love
0: Skybar, so I get it.
1: Well, you'll be coming next year then. Yeah, I, I guess hope when so. They're, when they're back here in Jordan Air. Um, Robbie Weinstein, a Skybar aficionado, thank you so much for hopping on the podcast this week. I'm sure you just gained favor of a lot of our... Uh, a lot. Uh, of our I hope so. Time.
0: I said the Auburn fans are crazy earlier. I want to just make it clear, good crazy. <laughs> oh, they're That's fine. Crazy, they're- they're good crazy. I had an awesome time when I went to that game seven years ago. It's still the best, uh, my favorite SEC environment that I've been to. So, no
1: issue with Auburn fans. I love you. They know, yeah. They know. They'll they'll be the first ones to tell you. I they after the Harson regime, it's hard for them to get hurt by anything. They're pretty. Yeah. They've, they've gotten some pretty thick skin over the last couple of years. Hopefully, Understood. but on the uh, on the flip side, Auburn fans. I, I mean, myself. I know we're all uh, we're all excited to go to Nashville. It's always a great time to go to Nashville, and so uh, yeah, it should be a lot of Auburn live fans. music for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. We ended up for media days. We we ended up at Miranda Lambert's bar <laughs> on Broadway. Sometimes I've never been. It was, honestly, it was quiet. You know, sure, everything was crazy, and we were like, we just want to go somewhere we can hear ourselves talk, yeah. and uh, it was fine. So, uh, so probably probably adventure down there and see where it takes us once again. But uh, Robbie, thank you so much for hopping on today. You guys go to Vandy twenty four seven. Go follow Robbie on Twitter as well you guys enjoy the show five star review it's the number one thing that helps us bumper music is by beats by mordecai follow him on twitter soundcloud and instagram until the next episode we'll catch you guys later after the game everybody enjoy the game be safe going there we'll talk to y'all later